Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. You know, there's always a contradiction of situation, circumstances that we, that we find ourselves in. You know, on the one hand, we see the, 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 the Silicon Valley Bank going under and um, responsible for a lot of, um, you know, innovative capital and that sort of thing. And on the other hand, they're one of the bigger people who's, you know, sponsoring the whole woke agenda. It's kind of like, oh, okay, that's interesting, interesting. You know, on the one hand, we've got banks that are, are failing, and then I had a phone call with somebody who's involved with, with the banking system, financing, and so on. They said, wow, just this last week, just immense flows of funding has been released into this nation. It's like, uh, it's big numbers. You know, like this calculator up here doesn't know how to put all the noughts in there. That, it's that how many. It's like, oh my goodness. You know, this contradiction. And depends where you look and what you've fixated on is, is where you're going to... The Bible puts it this way. Where your treasure is, your heart will also be there. So if you're treasuring a particular view, say, say it's negative. Say you, you pride yourself on, on being a critical thinker. It's possible that you could actually gravitate towards negative critical thinking. Criticism. It's like nothing's ever good enough. Everything is going, you know, down the. And you can find all kinds of, of facts to back you up. Right? And in that sense, yes, accurate and true. But how about we step away from that realm only? And we step into the supernatural realm. Say, Lord, what do you say? Because we want to see with the eyes of faith. What have you got planned and prepared for us and for this nation? Surely this is not the end. Surely this isn't the pinnacle. Can't be. No, there has to be more. All right, Lord, help us to see the green shoots that we might agree with those things and begin to release faith and our prayers to see those things increase and expand. And what it'll do is it'll change what's going on on the inside of here. Yeah. I used to live here. And I've decided this is a better address. I even had scripture for why it should get worse. <laughs> Praise the Lord, I've been delivered. All right. My job is to get you from there to here. Come live with me. All right. Praise the Are you guys all right?
Yay, yay, yay. Come on. So, I have a few minutes. I only need a few, apparently, because that's all they give me. <laughs> we, we, we've been talking for a little while about operating with a New Testament mindset with regard to prophetic and stepping out of an Old Covenant, Old Testament approach to the prophetic. And we know that the Holy Spirit's been poured out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So what's it going to look like as we are sons and daughters of the Most High and we live in the New Testament, in the New Covenant? And we know that it's different from the Old because we've been given the Spirit and we have, therefore, the ability to be in step with the Spirit and He's going to release discernment to us that we would know how to weigh, judge, and test what He's revealing. And the Scriptures tell us, we see in part, we prophesy in part. Right? That we should weigh, judge, test. And Thessalonians says, hold on to the good and flush the bad. John's paraphrase. And so there is this uh, requirement, this obligation, if you like, on us as New Testament believers, because he said, my sheep hear my voice, we're the sheep of his pasture, so we're hearing his voice, we have an obligation, therefore, to weigh and to test that we might figure out what is good, and then, okay, what's not so good, what is it that we actually just need to, you know, move aside. We've, we've noted a couple of weeks ago that actually God has given to us leaders who help us in this process. So we have shepherds that are going to help steer, guide, lead, help us that we don't go over the edge. Not over the hedge, over the edge. All right? And so... Our, our heart is not like, oh, all leaders are bad, because there are some bad leaders. And we can give you examples in the press, media. Does anybody buy newspapers anyway? I don't know. Um, in the media of, of, of really bad leaders, and they're almost as though they were wolves in sheep's clothing. All right? Now, it doesn't mean that all leaders are bad, just that, hey, there are a couple of bad apples, and you know what? They need to be sorted out. Okay? And we agree with that. Okay? But our default is not all leaders are bad, and you must be suspicious of leaders. Because that's not going to help us to align with God's intention as revealed in and through the Scriptures. He says, listen, guys, you make, you make it a hard deal for your leaders. It's going to be no joy and pleasure for them, no benefit for you. Yeah? I say, well, I don't need a leader. You know, it's just me and Jesus. Well, you've got to rip out many paragraphs in the New Testament if that's how you want to live. Because that's not the way that Jesus, who's the eternal word, the living word, the word made flesh, has revealed how we are supposed to be part of the body of Christ. He's the head of the church. we part of the church. So he's given to us a framework through the scriptures as to how we're supposed to be relating with one another and relating to him. And part of the deal is leadership. 
It's just part of his design. Yeah, it doesn't make leaders more special, more holy, more important. It just there's a different role and a function. And I think we're okay with this. Yeah, yeah. So we don't put people up on big pedestals. We're not worshiping people. We're worshiping him. And we honor one another. Part of that is honoring leadership, but we honor anybody who's part of the family. In fact, we live lives of honor. Even somebody who's not yet part of the family, we still look for God's design in them that we can honor that. We honor everyone. So we don't elevate leaders into some crazy kind of like, ooh, superstar kind of nonsense. We don't do that. Don't make me do my Star Wars thing on you people. Okay? So we live mutual submission one to another. But he's given to us the blessing of the gift of leadership. Okay, that's fantastic. All right. The other thing we looked at is that prophetic words must align with the Word of God. Yeah? And so we understand that, you know, prophecy is the spirit of Jesus, is the spirit of revelation. You know, like he's revealing as he prophesies, like it comes accurately from the heart of God, Jesus. He's the eternal word, the living word, and he speaks in and by the spirit. And so we saw in John chapter 16, Jesus said, listen, it's really good dudes that for me to go. It's time for me. It's been fun. Some of the time. Really enjoyed walking on water, guys. That was good. How about feeding all those people? Like, did you see their faces? It's like that was the best fish they ever had. Fresh. Fresh. I mean, like, as it, it just... It, you can't get it fresher than that. It was just created. It's like they're never going to taste that again. Yeah? Until they get to the banquet in heaven. All right. And so we do, look, guys, it's been a fun ride. You guys are weird, but anyway. <laughs> I'll be back. Let's just call it soon. But I'll be back. And, um, but it's really good that I go away. I'll send another just like me. And when the comforter, when he comes, actually, he'll continue revealing things from me. He's not going to speak from himself. It's from me because I got my stuff. Hey, can I tell you guys a secret? Everything I've said, they're not even my words. The Father. It's amazing. Oh, but Okay. All right, you can tell everybody that secret. Okay, open secret. Whatever I said, I got from the Father. It's not my own. I was watching what the Father was doing. I was listening to what he was saying. And I just, those words. Now listen, when the other one who's just the same as me, he's not going to come and say his own stuff. He's actually going to give you my words. And actually, we know that my words are the Father. It's the dance of the Trinity. My goodness, we're in complete agreement, harmony. Okay, There's so much more I'd like to say to you guys. But I've blown your circuits already. 
need to give you a bit more time just to grasp what I've already said. But the Spirit will lead you into all truth. So that's why we have this saying. It says he's bigger than the book. Because he's got more to say. So if we say, no, no, everything is in the book and he can't say anything more. It's kind of like, but Jesus said, I've got more to say to you. All right. But whatever he says through revelation, prophetic words, any of these kinds of things will be consistent with who he has already revealed himself to be. Yeah? So we're not coming up with some new revelations that like it's totally unconnected to what's gone on before. Has to be connected. All right? Which then now links me to the next thing. Prophetic words must be consistent. They must align with the nature, the character, and the commands of God. Whatever you think you're hearing, or whatever word you receive, or whatever gets forwarded on Facebook, or WhatsApp, or whatever other mechanism, those words must align with the nature, the character, and the commands of Jesus. I mean, it's logical, right? Okay, this would be yes. Yeah, that's logical. Yeah, 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 exactly. But we don't always put into practice what Jesus asked us to do through the word, which is to weigh, judge, test, evaluate. And so sometimes we actually hold on to the bad. Because, you know, bad news, newspapers know this, media knows this. Bad news sells. Bad news goes viral. Hey, did you hear about? And it's amazing. It grabs hold of people's attention. We, in the natural tend to hold on to the bad stuff. But we're not people just of natural life. We're of supernatural life. We're of the spirit. Which means we need to discern things after the spirit, not just discerning things after the natural. So if a prophetic word comes and it's steeped in negativity... And it is robbing you of hope. It's diminishing your faith. You've got a question. Is that an accurate word? Okay. Let me share a couple of things with you. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, you know this one. In other words, there's a consistency with Jesus. What he said in the past is what he's going to say today and is what he's going to say in the future. So we've got this consistency. How about this in James chapter 1 and verse 16? Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, 
who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth so that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So we've got this link between word of truth and not being deceived because he doesn't change like shifting shadows. The New Living Translation says he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. The ESV says, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In other words, God is consistent. He's not kind of like, oh, there's a, the light is changing here because he's moving and so the shadow is moving. No, 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 there's no shadow of shifting of change with him. In other words, he's consistent in the way, in who he is, his nature, his character, and the way that he is revealing himself to us. So whatever we receive by prophetic word or insight or revelation has to be consistent. It can't be like, hey, there's a variation. Okay? The only one who could say, guys, it was said, but now I say to you, is Jesus himself. And what he was doing, he was a shifting humanity out of the shadow and into the substance. Because the old covenant was the shadow. The new covenant is the substance, the reality. He's the only one, and it only applies to shifting out of the old covenant and into the new covenant. It was said, but I say to you. That's the only place in Scripture where you can say, hang on, wait, it was like that, but it did change. But it only applies to the change from the old covenant to the new covenant. But in the new covenant, he's the same. And in fact, just in case you hear me incorrectly, he's the same God. The God of the old covenant is the same God as the new covenant. Okay, don't get this crazy. I, I sometimes say this to shock people. Some people have a schizophrenic God. It's like he was one way in the old covenant, but now he's different. You've changed. It's like, whoa. It's like, no, no. He's the God who judges and is the one who reveals wrath against sin. And if people align themselves with sin, they will experience the wrath of God. He is the same God who will pour out wrath on wickedness and sin. And if people in the new covenant choose to rebel and not accept forgiveness of sins in and through the sacrifice of Jesus, 
they will experience the wrath of God. There is a judgment to come. He's the same. Same God. The old covenant was keep these rules. And it was a foreshadow, if you like, of what Jesus was going to, he was going to keep the rules. He was going to be the rule keeper. Now in the new covenant, it's like, whoa, I can't keep the rules. There was only one rule keeper. So I'm actually going to hide myself in him. And his accomplishments will now become my accomplishments. Yeah? Now I'm not under the rules, but I'm under his rule, his government. But it's the same God. Don't don't get, oh, he's a grumpy old God of the old covenant. I mean, some people got a grumpy Father Christmas. It's amazing what people picture in their minds. They're like, whoa, keep away. Like, I don't want to read the Old Testament because I don't like that God. I'm only going to read the New Testament because I prefer this God. No, it's the same God. But the way in which we're relating because of what Jesus did on the cross, we're relating through the new covenant to the same God. All right. But he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not changing, no shifting shadows. Um, In your own time, you can go and look at Psalm 102, verse 25 to 27. says that he remains the same. All right. Um, verse, so Hebrews 6, uh, 17 says, Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two tangible things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. Impossible for God to lie. In other words, he doesn't say one thing in one era and then, oh, sorry, it was a lie. I'm not going to change it. No, he's not changing. It's immutable. It cannot change. All right. What's my point? My point is that whatever prophetic word we get, we can't say, listen, I've got a new revelation. And nobody else has got this. But, you know, God says it's okay. Can I give you a couple of scenarios, maybe? You know, scenario one. I received a word of encouragement from the Lord that His favor is going to be on me and on my business, that I will be blessed to be a blessing. I sense, therefore, that this opportunity that has miraculously come my way to be part of a tender process, this must be God. And it must be God because I never even had any previous experience in this field. The agent says that it's just a handling fee and that I mustn't tell others about this handling fee, but I'm sure this is God because he's opened the door for me. Now, what do you think is wrong with that person who thinks they're hearing God? (laughs) 
What do you think might be wrong in that kind of a situation? It's like, well, actually, the agent's fee is corruption. That's something that's being slid under the table. Like, oh, this must be, this must be God because, you know, listen, if you've had no experience in the field and now all of a sudden you're being paid millions of rands to do something you know nothing of, <laughs> I smell a rat. And for some people to say, well, you know, it must be God because the door was opened. Do you know the devil can open doors? Sometimes the door is called Delilah. Things will come crashing down if you go through the door of Delilah. No. The Lord may have spoken. You see, here's the thing when we're testing a word, when we're testing what we sense the Lord's will is for our lives. Often, there's aspects of biblical truth in it. Thessalonians says, hold on to the good, flush the rest. Often when there's a word, there's an aspect, an element of biblical truth that's woven into it, but it's a mixture. We've got to tease it out. Sometimes it's actually so corrupt, just flush the whole lot. Right? At other times it's like, okay, hey, 10% of the word, that's good. The rest, it's actually going to lead you astray. Mm-hmm. The Lord's not going to ask you to partner with corruption and say that's his blessing. Why? Because he's revealed in his word that the Lord is the one who releases a blessing that doesn't bring any, uh, any sorrow. Thank you. The blessings that the Lord gives, he adds, but, and there's no sorrow with it. Well, Corruption leads to sorrow. Somebody's going to be upset. Somebody's going to lose out. So this can't be the fulfillment of what you thought was a word. Okay? How about this one? The Lord spoke to me about giving me the desires of my heart. Now I've been in a difficult marriage for seven years, but I feel that the Lord is saying to me, that he understands my weakness. He understands that I cannot bear this anymore. And that he's giving to me a way of escape. Where there seems to be no way, he's making a way. And he's bringing me into a place of freedom out of captivity. Even John said that 2023 <laughs> is the year of freedom. So this must be a confirmation that the Lord is saying, I must come out from being unequally yoked. And another sign that the Lord gave to me was that there's a new colleague who's come to work, joined the company regularly, and they understand my emotional needs. And I feel that the Lord is leading me to my new soulmate. (laughs) 
Can you see what I did in that scenario? There are a bunch of half scriptures that I put in there. But it's been assembled together in such a weird concoction as to lead the person into a place of deception. You've got to disregard certain other scriptures in order to try and make this thing fit. Okay? Now some of you are kind of like, do people actually think that? Afraid so. I'm afraid so. It's like, but that's too obvious. Listen, the enemy, he's got a whole range of ways of leading us astray. Some of it is blatant, like smack you in the face. And some of it is really subtle. Some of it is obviously wicked. It's an enticement. It's sin. Listen, if sin wasn't attractive, nobody would do it. So he makes it attractive. Okay? Alternatively, and this is where many believers don't understand or miss it, is that the, the enemy can take a good thing and push it to an extreme that it becomes an obsessive thing. Heresy, similarly, heresy often is based on a truth, a revelation of who God is, one of the aspects of his nature and his character. And you take that thing and you take it to an extreme, to the exclusion of other revelation of his nature and character. And you overemphasize one aspect and you can end up in error. Now, does God want to give you the desires of your heart? Well, yes. The desires that He puts in your heart. Because the enemy can throw some seeds. Or you could come up with all kinds of things. And you can justify it. It's like, well, look at that red Ferrari. I feel, you know, I'm king's kid. Favor. Anointing. Yes. I've been a good, yes. I deserve it. And so you throw out principles revealed in the scripture of good stewardship. I mean, you don't even need a good word to know that if you're going to break the budget, then the Ferrari's not for you. You don't need a word. You've got the word. Be a good steward of that which is entrusted to you. So what's the issue inside of you that feels you need the Ferrari? Like what is the lack that you feel less worthy that you think you need the Ferrari to make you worthy? Like I'll be important. People will like me. People will look up to me if I drive the Ferrari. Now, I use the word Ferrari here, and hopefully they have a better season. <laughs> but, you know, whatever the thing is that 
gets your attention. You know, fill it in there. Okay, really need to end this. Got a couple more scenarios. We'll come back next week. But this thing of weighing, judging, testing, as the Lord is leading us, it's like, is this consistent with how He's revealed Himself to us? His nature, His character. Is He suddenly changed? Is He like, you know what? Used to be that don't cheat, don't steal, don't lie. But I understand with you. In fact, it's going to be okay. No, it's never going to be okay. All right. Let's stand. Are you guys all right? Sorry that this kind of series is taking so long. But hopefully this is going to help us because we do want to go into the next level of the prophetic. That we actually can, you know, receive words from the Lord and then deal with them accurately. Yeah, okay. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence with us. That you shine light upon our path. And that you help us to align what we're hearing with who you are and that you will lead us into all truth that you won't deceive us and you won't cause us to take wrong paths that you're actually wooing us back onto the path we ask Lord for tender hearts and, and minds that are quick to repent to change the way we think and to not grab hold of the bait of the enemy that would ensnare us. Thank you that this is a year of freedom. We bless your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.